Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Happy Thursday morning, everybody. Welcome back to the TNBA pod, home of the million-dollar lifestyle business. What do you think of that? Send me an email. What do you think of this tagline? I'll do a little inside baseball, two pieces of inside baseball. If you're listening to this on Thursday and not sometime in the distant future, we are on an airplane to Bangkok, along with today's guest, by the way, to meet hundreds of listeners of this pod. About 400 listeners of this podcast will be in Bangkok to commiserate, to talk business, to make new friendships, and I just can't not wait. Yeah, one of the exercises on like my to-do list in Q4 is to redesign our website. So don't click through the website right now. <laughs> it doesn't look that great. I want to you know freshen up the brand, represent it. And as part of that exercise, you're sort of taking a look at the name of the pod itself. A theme on this show you know, in the past many years is maybe we should change it. We don't spend 12 months a year on a beach in Thailand. Maybe Tropical MBA has gone through its course. But when I speak with listeners in person... About half the listeners say you should change it. You know, like there's something about, I don't know, the travel element, the lifestyle element that's really appealing. But then half the people are like, you know, it's a little embarrassing, or maybe it's not serious enough. It doesn't reflect the fact about how much the pod and the community has changed. And so I don't know. I just wrote this down one day: home of the million dollar lifestyle business. It sounds like a hot dog stand a little bit, but like home of the million dollar lifestyle business or home of the multi-million dollar lifestyle business. I feel like that's really our niche and something I'm personally passionate about for the next five years. You know, just because you're serious about business doesn't mean you have to have put on a shirt and tie and sit in some boardroom or run your business the way last generation's business experts think you need to. You know, here's a story I might tell on the future in the pod. One of my very early business mentors told me directly that he believed the concept of a lifestyle business was basically impossible. And you know what? In his generation, when he went to one of the best business schools in the country, it basically was. But yet here we are, hundreds of us running ambitious lifestyle businesses. And just because you have that travel element, a global team, 100% remote or async, doesn't mean you can't be ambitious with both your lifestyle, your automation, or your revenue, or whatever it is. Anyway, I think that's the amazing thing about this community. Anyway, what do you think of that potential new tagline, Tropical MBA? This is the home of the million-dollar lifestyle business. Speaking of amazing, profitable lifestyle businesses, today's guest has created an incredible business by finding his niche in the worldwide fitness community, and especially in a country he's made his home, Japan. Talk about an amazing lifestyle, move halfway around the world, explore a new culture, and build a profitable business at the same time. And what I found interesting about today's story is he's found that some of the business models and practices that are widely prescribed in entrepreneurial coaching circles just might not work in your case or in your niche. And today he's going to share his perspective on that as well as his formula for creating great content on Instagram without getting burnt out and why a mastermind at one of our events pushed him in a new direction. So today's guest 
is Andy Morgan, and he's the creator of RippedBody.com. Essentially, it's a blog, a WordPress blog. The majority of the revenue, I'd say 70, 80% is from coaching. That's email coaching one-on-one. It's targeted at frustrated trainees, people who are already trying to look after their nutrition. They're already training hard in the gym. They've reached a stall and they're upset about it and they want to learn. So they tippy-tappy into Google, their questions, and then my site will often come up for many of those, especially when it comes to niche topics of diet adjustments. How should I tweak my, not just calories, but protein, carb, fat ratios, etc. that kind of thing. What's the revenue range? Can you give us a sense for how well the business is doing? Mid six figures on the English language business. The rest of the money comes from ebooks and physical books. Why are you doing it? I know you live in Tokyo. Is Was that the inspiration to start? I came to Japan. It was just after I graduated from university. Actually, 17 years ago, two days ago. Ooh. And I came because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I'd studied money banking and finance was the name of my degree. I knew I didn't want to go into that. And I thought I'd come to Japan, do karate for a year, which was a hobby, and then go back home and get a quote-unquote real job. The substitute job at the time was going to be teaching English. Not that there's anything wrong with teaching English, of course. I bet there's many people here listening who have gone that route. I thought it was great. But it doesn't have, it doesn't scratch the entrepreneurial itch and it doesn't really have many levels of progression that you can go to in that career. So I did that for six, uh, seven years. The good thing about teaching English is that it allowed me to get right into the culture. And it also gave me an opportunity to learn the language because I was teaching like 15 to 18 lessons a week. I was working at high school and that gave me a lot of free time. So I decided to learn Japanese. And that plus, you know, doing the martial arts, it kind of helped me see different opportunities. And it kind of reached a point where I was just so pissed off with my friends down this one gym in a very poor area. These are working class guys who are working really hard. They're all bodybuilders or powerlifters. Almost everyone at that gym competed, but they're taking all these supplements that they don't need. And I know they don't need it because I can read the information in English. They've only got this information in Japanese that is biased because all scientific research is published in English. There's a lag between that being translated into Japanese. And there's this barrier to good quality information because of it. the language barrier leads to an information gap. And these companies exploit that. So I set up a blog and I thought, okay, well, this can be my online-facing business card. So when I go to rippedbody.com too, I love the copywriting. I'm going to read this. For the majority of my 20s, I fell for the scams of the fitness industry. Facepalm emoji. This site is my revenge. For the past 11 years, I've written guides that help readers avoid the same path of frustration. Real food, serious lifting, and consistency are all we need for dramatic physique transformation. It will be my honor to be your guide. Subscribe. Bam, you're damn straight. I'm going to subscribe. I'm going to join 100,000 others. I'm going to learn how to fix my nutritional setup. And there's no supplement sales. That really popped out at me. You could make a mint selling supplements. Why don't you break down that barrier 
and provide us with some supplements that maybe aren't hype and bullshit. If I did go down the supplement route and started making my own brand of supplements, it then would bring into question what I stand for. It's not the supplements are bad. It's just that the people prioritize them. And my message is that if you're struggling to get results right now, supplements are not your answer. That lies elsewhere. It may well be that these people who come to me and they spend really good money, 400 to 700 a month for this coaching. Now there's me and I've got two coaches who work with me now as of this year. It may be for many of those people that they come to the website, they see that statement about supplements and they're like, ah, here's someone who's not just here to bullshit me and rip me off. There's a lot of ways to monetize a business like this. Why did you choose coaching? There was a guy called Phil who in the comments of one of my articles, he said, hey Andy, how much is your online coaching? <laughs> so I'd had the blog up two months. I think I put it up first in May 2011. So this is like July. And I was like, hey Phil, can I send you an email? And he's like, yeah, sure. So I sent him an email. I was like, Phil, thanks for reaching out and inquiring about coaching. And in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, I know a guy who does online coaching, Martin Birkin. Yeah, I can do this. Thanks for inquiring about online coaching. My 12-week package is $899. It includes this, 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 and this. What do you say? And he's like, great, sign me up. So now I'm like, how do I take money in Japan from America? And then PayPal comes up. So then I go to PayPal, get like a link, send him a link, and we just take it away from there. I didn't sit down and I was like, right, am I going to do products? Am I going to do coaching? Am I going to do... It just happened. And the way that that's worked out for me is coaching and then, and then books and then all the stuff with the Japanese business. What's the Japanese business? I wanted to help out the Japanese and I made ripbody.jp. And I wrote in English. I wrote my thoughts, summary thoughts in English and then translated that into Japanese. And so the blog was in two languages. The translation wasn't good enough, so I decided to split it off onto another domain. I was basically create another blog, clean out all the Japanese language on ripbody.jp. So then I bought athletebody.jp. Why athletebody? Because ripped, if you look that up in a dictionary in Japan, it literally means torn. It doesn't make any sense. But athlete, asadito, people in Japan understand that word. <laughs> Hired a guy who I knew used to go drinking with who was actually... He was going to translation school at the time and we've been working together since and he's been pumping out translated articles of mine, translated articles of other people's. Can I sum it up for a second, Andy, just to give us some perspective. In 2011, you mm. launch a blog in order to help your Japanese buddies who are these hardcore athletes who you feel are being ripped off by the information on the internet. So you write these articles in English and mm. you get them translated by a smart guy into Japanese and you're like, hey, look at this. You're getting ripped off, Japanese public. And it's the English Crickets. language stuff. These bros in America start writing you saying, Andy, can I give you a thousand bucks so you can tell me not to eat pizzas? Put the pizza down. Yeah, that, that's it. You nailed it. That's my business. <laughs> Check this out. Most TMBA listeners will already be familiar with the SEO agency Smash Digital. In fact, the founder, Travis Jamison, has been on the show many Many times last year, over 200 listeners took them up on their free SEO audits. They are no BS, no sales pitch, a 100% free SEO audit. Take them up on it. 
Noel Andrews, CEO of JobRack, says, an incredible and awesome SEO teardown and review of my site from Smash Digital. Hugely detailed, tons of actionable steps, and clearly lots of opportunity to get benefit from focusing more on SEO. David Hehenberger, founder of Flamingo, writes, I got audits for both of my businesses and they massively over-delivered. They could easily charge for this, but they're not because you're listening to the TMBA podcast. So if you want to take advantage of this incredible offer of a free SEO video audit of your website in this month of October, head on over to smashdigital.com slash TMBA and a big up to Smash Digital for sponsoring the TMBA podcast. What I'm curious about is Homeboy in America writes you, I want to pay 900 bucks. You give them a 90-day program. You obviously have a lot of kind of expertise that's backing that. You've been in the gym a lot with, with serious athletes. At what point are you like, I got a business here. I can quit teaching and focus my energy here. I think that month that Phil asked to hire me, it was like July. I think that month I made three grand. Next month, something like eight grand. In September, it might have been thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars revenue. October, a bad month for coaching online. It seems it was down to eight grand, and I was like, "Oh, okay, kind of the hype is gone now." Then uh, November, it went up to maybe eighteen. December, maybe twenty-four grand. That January, I think I made thirty-eight, forty grand. Now it's just tipped in from twenty eleven to twenty twelve, and then I had to make a decision. Because am I going to re-up my contract at the high school or am I going to tell them? Because the end of the school year is April, end of March, and they need to know. And at that point, I decided that, okay, I'm going to take a chance and quit. This isn't just a couple of months. This seems to be continuing. It must have been an incredible few months. I mean, you're going from being a teacher in a high school to making 20 grand a month? Yeah, I was earning three grand a month. That was my English teaching salary. But this also put me in with the Japanese authorities because I'm on a teaching visa. And so in order to stay in Japan, I had to go down the company creation route and then sponsor my own visa because I wouldn't be able to stay on an English teaching visa anymore. Eight years after that, I actually got my permanent residency. So why was it important for you to stay? Because the way that the website got going was I had reached out to, at that time, three guys that I really respected in the industry. And I had said to them, I want to take your work and spread it in Japan. May I do that? I'm not going to be able to pay you, but I think this is great, valuable information. It was the free stuff that they'd already put out. And I wanted to honor that. But also, I felt guilty because the summaries of their work that I had written in English first, which were my preparations for them to then be translated into Japanese, got popular and earned me money. And the only reason that happened is because I said that I would help spread it in Japan. And so there was a really a sense of guilt there and a sense of responsibility and duty to follow through. And still right now, the place that I can be most useful is not the English speaking world. It's in Japan because that's where my unique opportunity lies in being this bridge. Now, the fitness industry here is 
is in a much better place than it was 11 years ago. But this is still where my, I can leverage my skills the best. Because there are many people like me in English, but there are very few like me that have a voice in Japan. What was it like that January where you quit your job and you're making incredible money? My main memory of that is going snowboarding with the boys, insisting that I get to sit in sit shotgun in front passenger seat so that I could tap on my laptop to the snowball fields, to the mountains and back, hammering out these emails and then working like super early in the morning, super late at night, just doing everything just to keep this slot machine going, this, this just flow of cash going. The big mistake that I made was selling 12-week programs and having it end there and not reselling people. Now my coaching is ongoing. You sign up, we aim for a goal. I say the goal is going to take X, Y number of months and it's just ongoing recurring billing. But before it was just one payment, bam. It meant that I always had to be selling people in order to have revenue that month. So, um, for example, right now, I've got 40 people that I'm working with. That's my happy number. Makes for a very comfortable life where I have lots of time to create and write and do other things. And if I were to not accept any coaching applications right now, or if I didn't have any coaching applications come in, I would still have revenue next month because everyone's on a monthly recurring payment system. And so that would gradually drop off over the coming year. Whereas before, I had to have people coming in and selling them mm. right there and then in order to have revenue in that month. As founders of remote companies, we all face hiring challenges like hiring today instead of next week or next quarter, scaling our teams quickly, and even just defining what we want in a candidate, where to find them, how much to pay them, and how to recruit them. There's a lot of questions. Hiring's complicated, but it doesn't need to be with RemoteFirstRecruiting.com. It's a service from our team where we help founders like you solve these hiring hangups. Even if you're not hiring today, you gotta take advantage of our 15-minute free strategy call. It's with our senior recruiter, Greg Valentine. He's not a sales guy. He's a senior recruiter, industry expert, and he's helped place hundreds of remote candidates and companies just like yours. He can discuss with you the patterns we're seeing in the marketplace, share with you case studies, and talk about how you can build a rock-solid hiring strategy. Hiring doesn't need to be hard. Let our team do the heavy lifting. TMBA listeners, take advantage of this strategy call. It's a simple way to grow a better business. So head on over to our site, remotefirstrecruiting.com, where we believe hiring the right talent is the best way to grow a great remote business. Schedule a call with our team today at remotefirstrecruiting.com. So Andy, part of the reason we're here is to talk about marketing. And I want to talk about that in phases, like how you brought people in via SEO and social. 
but I think it's really cool if we could talk about your mousetrap a little bit, specifically, you know, how you make money from coaching, but also how you arrange it in your life. Because I think that's really, really interesting. It's a business model I've personally been curious about because I'm a blogger. And maybe you could think about it in that context, like what would be my happy place if I just was to return to be Tropical MBA and I was to take on coaching clients like, hey, I'll help you grow a six-figure online business. Can you help me build that mousetrap such that I have time to publish content and to coach people? Because when you say 40 people, I think, does that mean I have to get on a call with 40 people every week? Does it mean I have to send 40 emails a day? Let us know how you do it and how you found yourself in that sort of happy median. Well, I was only working in email from the start. I know that there's a lot of people, they try to offer 24-7 access, WhatsApp me anytime. We're going to have one video call a week and people suddenly come unstuck. And they have done this because they've seen that other people are doing it and they feel that they're commoditized and that it kind of becomes a race to the bottom in terms of price and then also offer. They feel that they have to. I think really they don't realize that people are coming to them because they like them and that they trust them and they want them. And so they trust that individual to do the coaching as they see fit, as works. So for me, I set it up where it's only over email. The check-in is now structured because that first year was pretty rough. They have to check in by Saturday at midnight so that wherever they are in the world and wherever I am in the world, on Monday, when I open my email account, their update will be there ready waiting for me. So I know that I have to clear my schedule on Mondays. And how much am I paying you per month ballpark? Between six and 700. Okay. So I've set a goal. We've onboarded. Dan wants to get to a certain target weight. I want my, these lifts to be at this level. Mm-hmm. And so I'm filling out a form every weekend and sending it to you. And then what do you do? Okay. So it's every two weeks. I think every week it's just a bit too much. Of course, for a certain niche of clientele, that wouldn't be. They need more handhelding, but I'm not writing to that audience. It's a slightly more educated audience. Also on my side, the coaching side, if I have check-ins every two weeks, it relieves that pressure of me having to say something or tweak something just so that they can feel value from the check-in when really there isn't anything to do other than say, hey, great job keep going. So sometimes when you go up market, you find that people have less time because they have these very robust lives and perhaps their fitness goals are just one small part of being a family person. In your case, it'd be a father because you deal with men. Uh, They could be business owners. They could be travelers. They could be hobbyists. They have a lot of things going on. So just because they're paying you $800 a month, it doesn't mean they want it to be the center of their life. Yeah, very well said. And what they'll check in with is they'll check in with their spreadsheet, which will have their training and their uh, nutrition and their weight, their body measurements, their subjective measures of stress, sleep, hunger, fatigue. And, you know, I'll look at all of that and I'll say whether I think we should make an adjustment or not. And often it's a little bit of chat around helping them adhere a little bit better. And then on we go to the next check-in in a couple of weeks. That's how I run it. And there are two options within that. One is email only. The other is I record a quick Loom video. I talk through a recommendation for them and answer any of the questions that they've written in that email check-in. I then 
will put that in an email reply and I will type up in bullet points what I have said. And the reason I do that is not only for them, but for me, so that I can scroll back through our email thread and catch up with all of the key points because that's a problem with video. You can't easily check yeah. what's been said. So I make those bullet points. So that's kind of my workflow. And one thing that helps massively with that is templating. If you go to Ramit Seti's, uh, I think it's Growth Lab, growthlab.com and type in how I handle 40 clients with templating, something like that. Um, okay. Then you'll see my template system there. It's essentially just using text expander and templated answers and how I do that to deliver a much, much better standard of service. So you're not depending, in other words, on being smart and original every single response to the 40 people. These are the similar patterns that come up time and time again. If someone has a question or an issue that someone else is likely to have, as I type that ad to them, I'll save my response as a template. And then I'll bring that template back up and then tweak it, tailor it to that person in the situation next time it comes up. But also when I think of phrasing it in a better way, I will then go and update that template. I never want to rely on my freshness as, or my memory as the limit to the level of service that I can deliver for this client. Because they don't care. They just care whether they're getting the right information at the right time and it's not overwhelming them. Now, Andy shared that he's recently started evolving the business by hiring other coaches to work with him, some of whom are his clients. So drawing on his followers and using the systems that he's developed. And he says that this is something he had a breakthrough about during a mastermind at our DC event in Mexico earlier this year. For me specifically, I emailed my list and said, hey, I'm going to grow the team. I'm looking for talented, experienced coaches and then a bunch of other things I was looking for. If you're interested, apply here and took them through two rounds of application and then a Zoom interview. And the I did that because I had a sizable enough email list and I knew that there were fitness professionals on that list who followed and learned from me. And what better way to recruit someone than people who are already familiar with the information, right? And seriously bought into it. I wanted guys who were already great coaches in their own right. They just really needed to know the systems that I work in and that we do the coaching in at Ribbody. I don't know how this is going to work out. Yeah, it's interesting because it sounds like you're, it seems like you're at this pivotal moment where maybe the first 10 years were this artisanal phase where you're publishing this amazing information. You're sort of a leading intellectual and translator on the web. I was doing the math while you're talking. It's like, you're making such great money. You know, why build a big business around it? It was fear that I couldn't hire anyone who I wouldn't feel the need to micromanage, which that was torn down when I was sat at my DC mastermind in Mexico because I was at a table full of other coaches who had built businesses with other coaches in their business after they started it. And then it was also like comfort. I was really comfortable. Why add complication to this business that I have? And I think ultimately it came down to, look, if I don't do it now, then... I'm probably going to regret it. My passion is not likely to last forever. It's time to try to build a business. It's not like I'm seeing my passion dip. It's just that I'm looking at the industry and I'm 
looking around, who has lasted like 20 years? Very few people. I can relate to that. It's like strike while the iron's hot kind of thing because <laughs> it's not always going to be hot. You're going to want at some point the opportunity to put the hammer down and to take a few years or to do something different and then maybe come back to it or whatever. So one of the elements of that for you that I've been watching from the outside is that you've been spending time building a marketing engine. Now in the early days, that marketing engine was your in-depth articles vis-a-vis SEO. Is that still an opportunity for people to write articles? Because it seems like a lot more your focus nowadays is on social media, specifically Instagram. I'm not an SEO expert, but I think the way to answer that is type in the questions that your customers are searching for and see if they come up and see the quality of content that comes up. And if you think you can write something better, then yes, I think that there is an opportunity. But type many, many questions in there that your customers are likely to ask. They Ask, You Answer is a great book that talks about this. Marcus Sheridan. And then creating long-form detailed blog posts around that. Because search intent is still huge. But more and more people are trying to get educated via social media now. So I've put more effort into social media. It's kind of a hedge against when the god that is Google decides to uh, screw me over at some point. I need (laughs) uh, relevancy elsewhere. I need places to capture customers elsewhere. So... I've been putting more efforts into specifically Instagram. I do think there is definitely a degree of building familiarity and trust through being there every day with a little video. Whenever they get to a point where they're like, you know, I'm frustrated enough that I want to reach out to and grab some coaching because their content is great. And yes, I could figure this out by myself, but man, I'm just crushed for time right now. I don't want to figure this out myself. I'm just going to hire this guy. Okay, you know. I was hanging out with someone with a very similar business model and I was really encouraging him to reach out to you. And when you have 40, 60, 70 clients like this, it's really common to want to put them in a community together, to put them in a Discord or a Slack or a forum or something like that. Why haven't you done that? Actually, I experimented with a group coaching model at the start of the year. I launched it in January and it didn't work out in the end. Um, it was 500 a month. We had 50 guys that we sold into it. It was all via my email list that we sold them in. People were happy, but it didn't work out. And I think it's because the demographic was wrong. So these were busy family dudes. They want the 80-20 of the 80-20. And they did not want to be in Facebook or any other kind of community to have a chat and share their problems. And yeah, a few of them did at first, but the conversation just died down in the end. And so that was a group coaching experiment. But I think the same principle applies to the one-on-one coaching clients. They don't want to be in a group with other people and have a chat. They may think they do, but when rubber meets the road and it's there, they're just not going to be logging in. Andy, let's spend the last few minutes here speaking about how you've turned your Instagram into a lead nurture tool that seems to be working very well. And I think one of the things that jumps out to me about your Instagram is it looks like you've hired 
a high level agency to do this for you. And so it's a little bit of an opportunity for us to get behind the scenes of how we might do this in our own business. Walk us through what your general Instagram strategy is and how you think entrepreneurs could put it to use in their business. It's very much the they ask you answer philosophy of, I try to think of questions that people are asking in the words that they are asking, and then I answer them. Well, I've got to answer them in a way that is working with the algorithm right now. So right now that is vertical video content, reels. It needs to be something that I don't hate. Video content was something that I hated. I hated videos because I had to get my camera set up and then do edits and, and you know, get the lighting right. And then I would always fluff my lines and blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, no, 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 no. Right. Let's have the camera already there. Let's have the lights already there. All I then need to do is switch on the switches. And I can learn how to do that. Okay. It was dreamstudiocourse.com. It's a $500 teachable course on how to set up a fantastic kind of home studio. And I just implemented all of that over a couple of months and it's worked uh, pretty good. I'm it happy with my You look setup. fantastic. Yeah. And so that's there. And so now it's a case of a writing problem and I try to answer questions succinctly and I get the script and I just read that off of my phone and then just doing hard chops and then just editing that all together with those hard chops and then adding on subtitles afterwards. And when I'm walking around during the day, if I have an idea for a question, I'll note that down. When I'm in the mood to write, I will then take those questions and fill out quick, short answers. When I'm in the mood to edit, I will then quickly edit and tidy those up. And then I'll spend one afternoon each week just banging out these uh, videos, which now I will send to someone that I've hired to edit them all together. Mm -hmm. Do they post them for you as well? Yeah, I get them to post them for me as well, yeah. You mentioned, you know, in Q4 last year, you spun this thing up and you started getting tens of thousands of views and it's been this kind of creative journey. But you mentioned there was a burnout period from it. I'm curious as to how that came about and what you ended up doing about it. I was feeling really burned out around like summer last year because I just felt that I was on this content creation treadmill and it is never ending. The problem was that I had too many content possibilities and I couldn't decide what to create each day. The solution that I came up to was to list up the topics that I could talk about, the types of content that I could create and the formats that I could create in and then rotate through them. And so what that did is it constrained my choices each day and allowed for tight creativity. So I kind of used that tweak to help tighten my lens on things. And so I would list up the topics that I could create about. Perhaps it's calories, macronutrients, micronutrients, meal timing supplements. And then I also listed up kind of common questions that I have around those topics. And then the third thing was the formats that I could use. I could do Instagram reels or text or long form videos or quick sketches, memes. And then I would just rotate through one of those each time. And that worked for a while, but in the end, I burned out on that too. And so I just came to this idea of, 
Okay, I'm going to literally take the questions that people ask me in my weekly Q&A that I do now on a Thursday or the comments, the questions that I get in the comments sections of my blog and I will answer those quickly in short reels. Andy, 80% of the, this is the hardest question, it's the last one, 80% of the people listening to this podcast right now are insiders. They are location independent founders. They can join us in, in Bangkok or in Mexico or wherever they want. But 20%, they listen because they know there's something about this pod that might inspire them or give them a piece of information that could unlock that possibility for them. What mm. sort of advice do you have for people? They might be teaching English. They might have a corporate job. But they're listening to shows like this because they have a suspicion that their true calling is to build their own business. Two things. Write down the ideas as they come to you, no matter how silly. So brainstorming then really. And then I would get to conferences like yours, like ours, that puts you around people. I think podcasts are great, but for me anyway, being in a room full of people who I realize are just other people. Yeah, okay, they're, they're, they're smart, but like... If they can do it, maybe I can do it too. It's helped me believe in myself by being around other people who are doing stuff. And also just the ideas that people have, these businesses <laughs> that are coming out of nothing. It also opens my mind to the other possibilities that are out there. Andy, well, thanks for doing it and sharing it with us here today. We appreciate it. I'm honored to be on, Dan. Thank you. Big up to my guy, Andy Morgan. What a great conversation. What a great guy. I feel a little bit fitter just having talked to him. Highly recommend you check out his Instagram. It's Andy underscore ripped body. He's got some great, great content on there. And his main site is over at rippedbody.com. That's it for today. We'll be back as always next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time. We'll see you then. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.